Welcome to a special bonus episode of Uncanny Treks, where we take a break from the galaxy's two great 90s space station shows, Babylon 5 versus Star Trek DS9, and we take a look at a movie or a show that's uh, going on or recently going on. In this case, it's uh, Batman Soul of the Dragon, the 2021 film that uh, dropped on HBO Max without much fanfare a few months ago, but we both really dug it, so we're bringing that coverage to you. I am... Uh, Bob in Cascadia. That is Matt in the Southland. How the hell are you doing tonight, Matt? I watched a really great Batman cartoon, Bob. This, this is a good animated movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't often like the uh, DC animated movie originals, I think they call them. Uh, and not, not often a fan of them, but this one I was a fan of. Uh, it was a really good time. A lot of characters I didn't... I mean, I, I, I'm aware of the characters, but I didn't really know much about them. This kind of fleshes them out a little more. Yeah, yeah. So we kind of have like six main characters, like four major ones and two minor ones. And so it's Batman, a.k.a. Bruce Wayne, and then uh, Jade Wynn, a.k.a. Cheshire, although she doesn't actually make it to be Cheshire. And then Richard Dragon, Shiva Wusan, Ben Turner, a.k.a. Bronze Tiger, and oh god, I don't even remember this jobber's name. I think it's Rip Torn, a.k.a. Judo Master. Um, they're training with the O Sensei in Nanda Parbat, and that's kind of like the spine of the movie. And so I know you know Batman, and I know you know Cheshire, because uh, Patreon.com, uh, X-Men 92 versus <laughs> Young Justice, baby. But yeah. uh, what, what was your familiarity with the uh, Dragon, uh, Shiva, Bronze Tiger, and Judo Master? So I'm probably the most familiar with Lady Shiva, primarily because she shows up in uh, Night's End comic yeah, series yeah. yeah like the that's mid 90s the not not the sequel to nightfall but whatever came after nightfall or night uh, quest it's, it completes the trilogy yeah there we go we'll say completes the trilogy yes <laughs> uh she was part of that and retraining batman so that's that was my exposure to shiva i think she also shows up in no man's land at some point yeah, I think, although I might be wrong, she de she definitely been around in the Richard Dragon series in the 70s and the Question series in the late 80s, early 90s. But I want to say that her appearance in Night's End is the first time like she really appears in Batman comics. And she becomes a pretty regular feature, you know, thereafter, like you say. She's in No Man's Land. She's linked up to... Uh, Batgirl, a.k.a. Cassie Kane, a.k.a. She, she, she's still going by Orphan. Is that what they're calling her now? Correct, yes. Yeah, yeah. And then eventually, I think she even makes something of a face turn and joins uh, old Birds of Prey, although I, I haven't read that much of the newer Birds of Prey, so I don't, I don't, I don't, know, that, I don't know about that. I, something on my list to get to, because I do enjoy that series. Yeah, and then Bronze Tiger, he was League of Assassins. Yeah, yeah, and like like Shiva and Dragon, he he originally shows up in Dragon's uh, '70s comic, and then I think he shows up in Batman comics in the late '70s too. I want to say because I think some of the plot the plot lines from the Richard Dragon comic got tied off in um a late '70s Batman like Rayshard Ghoul comic. You remember that trade paperback I used to have? I think it was called Tales of the Demon. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah, I think that. Like, that story was in there, and I think it's the one where Kathy Kane, the original Batwoman, gets murdered. So, yeah, Tiger's in that. And then he's most famous, I think, for his stint in the Suicide Squad in the late 80s, early 90s. I think that's kind of like the signature moment for, yeah. for him. But he didn't make either of the movies, Bob. Hmm. They must be keeping him in a, in a, in a case somewhere. To... 
<laughs> well, I mean, in some ways, it's probably for the best, right? Because the second or the first movie wasn't, you know, I, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't amazing. And the second movie was more comedic relief. And like Tiger's more of a straight man character, you know? The only other time Bronze Tiger's ever been brought up is when you discuss who could kick Batman's ass in a fight. He's usually yeah, like, yeah. Oh, he's either like right up there with him. So I know he's, he's, he's pretty good at martial arts. That's, that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All, all six of these are supposed to be, you know, like among the best martial artists in DC, I guess you would have to put, um, David Kane and Cassie Kane up there too. And probably a couple other people I'm forgetting. Right. Yeah. But uh, now Richard Dragon, he's, new to me i didn't know much about him i i think i feel like he's just like a bruce lee ripoff um well not i mean originally he's a little more problematic than that so like he starts in the 70s and you know he's like your stereotypical ginger guy who goes to the orient and learns kung fu right okay um and so i think wait wait hold on did you just say ginger yeah ginger oh okay <laughs> yeah, so he's 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 a white dude in the seventies, and at least into the aughts, he's a white dude. I I don't know if he's, I'm not sure what he's been up to in the comics recently. Like, the last series he had was a sort of reboot series in the mid aughts, written by Chuck Dixon, but he, he was still a white guy in that. So maybe at some point in the comics they made him uh, Chinese, or maybe maybe not. I mean, so he's been a, he was a white dude for a long time in the comics. But, I mean, you know, not a bad character. Definitely part of that martial arts craze in the 70s that also brought you, like, Iron Fist and Shang-Chi at Marvel. I was just about to say Iron Fist, Bob, because I was like, this he reminds me somewhat of Iron Fist. I went and Googled an image of him from the comics because I didn't didn't realize this. Yeah, he's he's just a a red-headed white guy. Yeah, yeah. And he he actually originally was, uh, appeared in a novel um, that, Denny O'Neill wrote with some other guy under a pseudonym. They called themselves like Jim Dennis. Um, I, I, I think the other guy's name was Jim something. But uh, then they turned it into they turned that into the first couple of issues of the Red Dragon series. Or sorry, the Red Dragon, the Richard Dragon series in the seventies, and then it kind of went on from there. Yeah, he's he's a fun character. After that seventies series, he doesn't show up that much, and when he does he kind of just tends to more take on like a mentor or a sensei role. So he does that for Vic Sage, the question uh, he does that for Helena Bertinelli in uh, the really good miniseries Hunter's cry for blood. Uh, he does it for Oracle. He's like the one who kind of retrains her to fight once Joker puts her in the chair. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I just, I just didn't know who the hell he was and they presented him as Bruce Lee, but that's not his comic. Look, yeah, yeah. Look, yeah. I mean, <laughs> definitely, definitely. I definitely, I think you might as well, you know, make him Bruce Lee. Like it, it I, I think that's cool. That is cool. Yeah, yeah. I agree. It's it's a it's a much better design, fits the character better. All right. So the other character, Bob, we got is Judo Master, and I only know him from Peacemaker. Yeah, yeah. You know, funnily enough, I totally forgotten uh, that Judo Master was in Peacemaker until you said that. <laughs> well, he doesn't wear the mask here, so I mean, it just doesn't. And honestly, yeah, completely yeah. different characterization of him in Peacemaker. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Yeah, Judo Master is kind of a jobber, right? As we sort of see in this, he's a he was a Charlton hero, I believe. You know, that same group that like got turned into the Watchmen character. So like, 
Peacemaker and uh, Blue, Blue Beetle, Beetle question. Yeah. yeah, Nightshade. Yeah, I I don't I don't know much about him, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got your cast there. Uh, so let's kind of dive into the film, Bob. We open up with a James Bond throwback. Yeah, yeah, it was a very, you know, it felt very much like a late 60s, early 70s Bond film. It was very fun. And, you know, not to be too woke, but it was kind of nice how they tease it in the opening where you think the white uh, playboy sitting at the gaming table is going to be like your main character, your Bond figure. But it turns out to be the Chinese guy, a.k.a. Richard Dragon, posing as the waiter. Well, I thought that was a nice little inversion. Yeah, you sound super woke, but yes, Bob, I agree with you. (laughs) It was pretty cool. And I mean, it also, you just start kind of immediately with one of my favorite things about this movie, which is just how good the stylings look. Like every, everybody's 70s fashion is on point. The first group of goons that dragon fight, uh, they, all look, they all look great. It's very nice. Yeah, when DC Comics does these like, I don't want to call them period pieces because that sounds like old school, but you know what I mean? Like when they set the I stage. Think, I, think, the, I think period it, piece is good. Is that right? Yeah. yeah it ma- it makes me sound 100 years old, but it's only, we're only talking about the 70s. But like, <laughs> I mean, Matt, it was 50 years ago. Yeah, yeah. So when they, when they set things 50 years ago, it, it just, they tend to make, the stories tend to be better. I don't know why. Maybe I guess it's because you know it's out of continuity. You know what I mean? You know, it's out yeah. of the mainstream continuity. So you don't have to worry so much about the weird shit that happens. And that could be more uh, experimental, which is what this is. I mean, this, real, this, this whole cartoon was really just an experiment on how they could do Batman in a different way that, you know, c- comes off really cool. Yeah, I mean, clearly, like, characters can evolve and change, and, you know, like, we're a fan of that. We we talk about, like, you know, long-running franchises like X-Men, Star Trek, and Batman, but there is something to be said for characters, like, working the best around the time they're created, right? Like, as a setting. Right. And I think you definitely, I think that's definitely true for, like, Batman and Superman, and even though, you know, obviously Batman's original period is the 30s. It, it he, you know the 70s is a lot closer to the 30s than today and all these other characters are very 70s characters and they just they just work a lot better in the 70s in some ways than they do in the kind of you know the smartphone era as it were yeah and then they set the whole stage real nicely they have the hair the fashion like there's the old school cameras they're using and stuff just you can tell they put a lot of thought into it and then just say okay 70s this is what it is we'll give them some bell bottoms we'll be done yeah, yeah, like clearly this was a kind of, this was one I think the crews really got into, because it's the same guys who make all of these DC animated movies, and I think you can really tell like when they're into it versus when they're not, right? Yeah, this was one they were definitely into. Yeah, very much so, very much so. so and yeah, uh, we're But we're, li- we're literally like, we're five minutes into this movie, Bob, and it's like the most adult animated Batman cartoon I've ever seen. We have a hooker being mur- murdered by cobras in a secret room. We have a dude eating a mouse. All, all the women have D cups too. Just want to point that out. Like it's, it's yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. weird. It's very, 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 uh, very sexy uh, episode, as as it were. Yeah, I get, I didn't give that much thought when I was watching it, but you're exactly right. I, although I was gonna ask, I, I didn't see like the Dark Knight Returns Batman movie, for instance, or the Long Halloween. So you would say those those aren't as adult as this. Uh, Dark Knight Returns is yes, but this one just—I didn't expect it to be this dark, to be this adult, and it is. Yeah, I guess that's what yeah. I'm going for. Yeah, I mean, you got to remember, man, in the '70s uh, on, on on movie screens, people actually fucked. Like, you know, 
like you you know you saw you saw dicks you saw people like actually be naked to have sex you know you saw a lot more casual nudity especially casual female nudity like it it was the different and you know some would say better time yeah but those days are gone bob that was 50 years ago yeah, yeah. You weren't, even, you, weren't even, you weren't even born then, so I don't even know why you're acting like you're, you're from that time. Hey, man, because I, I fucking love 70s movies, that's why. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So I will say, speaking, you know, even though the 70s was an idyllic time in many ways, uh, kind of fucked up that Bruce Wayne employs a racist bouncer. Yeah, that was surprising. Uh, I don't, I, but I don't think Bruce Wayne vets his bouncers. Or, or I should say, I don't think this Bruce Wayne vets his bouncers. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm sure I mean, there's some unpaid middle manager who's just kind of <laughs> quietly quitting somewhere. Hey, man, uh, some people call it quiet quitting. Some people call it just doing the work you're paid for. <laughs> I, got into, I got into an argument recently about this, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let that shelve that one. <laughs> oh no, I want I want to I want to hear this. I want to hear this. It's so hard for me to explain quietly quitting to people who don't understand it, which is why, like, when I was, I know what you're saying. Like, I get you what you're saying. That's yeah, that's yeah. what I, that's my definition. But everyone else thinks quietly quitting is just being lazy. So me and my wife kind of went at it about it. <laughs> and, and strangely enough, the person who started it all was Dr. Phil because he had a whole, like, uh, show on it. About how these goddamn millennials and yeah. Zoomers aren't pulling their weight. Yeah, how you just just because you want to do what you're supposed to do during your allotted amount of time you're at work. Yeah, I don't really call it quietly quitting. I just call it doing what you're paid to do. But <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, so it goes. So you it mean goes. if your boss comes to you with some extra thing to do that's not in your job description, you're not gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm not like like I'll I'll end up doing it just because that's how I am. But I understand I understand the like if I took something to someone and they said you know that's not really in my job description, I'd be like, well, okay, and I just go find someone else to do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you are trying to climb that greasy pole. Yeah, and, yeah. You, but you respect that many many of us are not. Right, and that that's 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 the difference I think is that I'm like okay, it's 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 fine. Yeah, yeah. No, man. It's yeah. It sounds like just slow steps to a, a healthy, more European work culture. Yeah. <laughs> well, we like All vacations. Right. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, if we keep it up at this rate, Matt, maybe like when we're 50, uh, like everybody will just get the month of August off to go to the sea. Nice. <laughs> Hell Hello. yeah, brother. Hell yeah. Oh, man. So to, I guess to get back on track, we do have a nice little uh, Silver St. Cloud cameo as uh, she breaks up with Batman talking about a dark secret that uh, he just won't share, which, you know, we clearly all know what that secret is right it's called batman soul of the dragon but the subtext to that scene was pretty interesting (laughs) it's always good to see silver st cloud bob you know especially considering this is set you know around the time of strange apparitions in 78 so yeah yeah that was the the was it steve englehart and marshall rogers uh batman run where she debuted right and you know while she doesn't really play a huge part it's nice to see there's some stuff going on that we're familiar with very much so very much so and, uh, you know, it is kind of interesting that we're seeing, like, a kind of younger Batman. Like, this is sort of like a Batman Year One story, but it's not making a big deal of it being a Batman Year One story. Yeah, we're not having to go through, like, the whole origin story and him, like, making his stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sharpening Although... his batterings. <laughs> 
Although we do get plenty of training uh, scenes, of course, because we have uh, flashbacks, which I actually thought were handled pretty well. I'm usually pretty opposed to flashbacks, but these are handled pretty well. Not the least because you have the other five or six characters there, right? But we flash back to Nanda Parbat, which is, you know, this uh, mystical city hidden in the Himalayas. It actually originated in like dead, uh, dead man stories. I was about to say Deadpool, but dead man stories in the late 60s. And I haven't read those Neil Adams Dead Man stories, but my sense is that they're much more involved in like Indian mythology or, you know, like an Americanized version of Indian mythology. But I think over time, Nanda Parbat has kind of taken to have more of like a more of a kind of Chinese mythological association in the later comics. Yeah, and I mean, I guess that makes sense since the Himalayas are kind of in India and China. So at least they didn't yeah. like pick a mountain range somewhere way off. <laughs> Try to yeah, turn around. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you can switch between a, a Tibetan monk and a Hindu swami pretty easily. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then we meet O Sensei, who also, if I'm remembering right, is from the Richard Dragon series, and you know, it has a fairly prominent role in comics after, including in in uh, Young Justice, Patreon.com, uh, XN92 versus Young Justice. <clears throat> Bob, it's, it's, pat- it's Patreon.com slash Uncanny Tricks. <laughs> yeah, true, 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 true. You're sending him some other, you're sending him some other dude's Patreon that's yeah. copying some, us. Some other, yeah, he's, he's riding <laughs> on our title, that son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> I, I will say, though, even though I like the character of O-Sensei in other things, wasn't a huge fan of him here, and particularly wasn't a fan of the way they animated him. Uh, I, I want to say it's Studio uh, Hebrew style, but I guess you corrected me in the notes, and it's Studio GB. Is that how is that how you say that famous anime studio's name? Is that is that the people that made Totoro? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, I don't know how to say it. I'm not going to attempt to pronounce it. But, yeah. Uh, I think that... The problem is that he has a dumb smirk on his face all the time. Yeah. And that's yeah. why you don't like the animation. It doesn't, it, for some reason, his face doesn't fit with the other characters. Well, it's also know. like a very kind of like round, fat face, which like just contrasts very weirdly with the faces of everyone else in the movie. Well, he's also the only older character. So maybe that's yeah, why. That's true. And I mean, I guess it. It is like an interesting device in making him like stand out, like visually, like being animated in a different style. But still, I, I don't know. I I, I, I found it kind of weird. Yeah, say, so what do you just say that makes sense? Like still you're animating him in a different style in a movie that has its own style. Like what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I did want to ask. So to we come we come off the uh, off the flashback and we're in the iceberg lounge. And uh, it turns out that Bruce Wayne is doing like the penguin iceberg lounge trick, you know, where he's like surveilling the customers, spying on the customers, and then using the intelligence. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I noticed that with the uh, the secret little like hall of monitors he has behind his bookshelves. It's like an early Batcave type thing. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. I didn't even really think about. It. And it's also interesting, yeah, that we don't get like the Batcave at all. We get his office, or or even Wayne Manor. We just get his office at. I can't remember if they gave the club a name, but we just get the office at the nightclub. Not to take away from this or anything like that, but like the uh, the whole Batman New Fifty Two thing, where like Thomas Wayne becomes Batman. 
Oh, that's a, not New 52. What, what is Flashpoint. Flashpoint, Flashpoint. Sorry. But yeah, you're right. He does he does that too because isn't he like business partners with Cobblepot in that? Yeah, he, well, he legit has the exact same setup. Like he's oh, in the Iceberg Lounge. Nice. He's got the he's got the monitors. He runs a casino. You know, it's, it's that's right. Yeah, the yeah. casino. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So it reminded me a lot of that stuff. Did you like those uh, Flashpoint Batman comics? Man, they they were fun, but nothing like amazing. I, I liked him. I just really resented the fact that they kept bringing him back after that. Yes, exactly. The dude keeps showing up. It's like it's a one-off thing. Leave it alone, but they just want yeah. to keep trying to pump it for money. Like, spoilers, I, I, I like a lot of things about the Tom King Batman run, but, man, it would have been a lot better had they not kept bringing up old <laughs> Thomas Wayne into that. It's like no one wants to see Thomas Wayne fight side-by-side side with Bruce Wayne. That's lame. Yeah, and especially just, like, a mere, like, what, not even five years after Morrison did a very similar thing with, you know, a character who wasn't Thomas Wayne, but, like, could have been Thomas Wayne in Batman R.I.P. Yeah, that's how you do it, too. You make it, yeah, there's just yeah. enough, you're like, you're like, hey, it could be him, maybe not him, kind of looks like him. Yeah, yeah. he's kind of teasing that he yeah. is, but he's also <laughs> just trying to play mind games with Batman. Right. That's, that's some smart stuff. No, I'm going to tell you about playing mind games, Bob. Dressing up your thugs to look like Mortal Co- uh, Sub-Zero from Mortal Kombat. That's the way to go. <laughs> so you are you are a fan of uh, Axe Gang fashion? Is that what you're saying? Oh, hell yeah. Axe Gang uh, fashion here is pretty awesome. You know, I swore um, that I thought the voice of the Axe Gang leader was Tony Todd. But uh, actually, it's an actor named Eric Bauza who apparently voiced a fiendish Dr. Wu on Black Dynamite, a show that I'm sure was a great visual inspiration on this uh, movie, if nothing else. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And, uh, you know, you were mentioning the flashbacks earlier. I, I was okay with the flashbacks. It, at the beginning, I was a little nervous. But then yeah. it started, I was starting to get okay with them as they continue to intro- reintroduce the characters. Like, yeah. you come back and you meet Shiva again, then you flash back to something dealing with Shiva. And you meet, you know, Bronze Tiger again, and you go flash back to something that did Bronze Tiger. That was a smart way to do it. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I pretty much totally agree with you. Like, I, I kind of hinted at this earlier. I, I've i seen a lot of bad flashbacks and a lot of bad superhero stuff. And so I was very worried. But they were pulled off really well they also they tied the flashbacks into the ongoing plot very elegantly and yeah somehow they just made it not cheesy and yeah i think it i think it's kind of what you were saying it just helps that it's not if it were just bruce wayne training or just bruce wayne and like richard dragon training that would be tedious but the fact that you have so many characters who are training really does kind of keep it fresh because you can reintroduce them or you can kind of cycle between characters. Well, that being said, Bob, I have this epic segue here. We uh, are not introduced to the character of Batman until half an hour in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which was, uh, that's, that's, that's also pretty amazing for, uh, you know, what is it, an 80-minute movie uh, called Batman Soul of the Dragon. You, no Batman until 30 minutes in. That's pretty great, actually. Um, I really dug the costume, too, man. It looked, uh, looked kind of Golden Age-ish. It has the, you know, the oval from the 60s and the 70s, but the rest of the costume, especially the ears, look very like 1930s, 1940s Batman. Yeah, I absolutely love the suit. Solid design, although I'm really never going to understand how he changes so fast because, you know, he like left the room and then came back within like yeah, 10 seconds. Yeah. Somebody explain <laughs> that to me, guys. Somebody's got to come up with some in, 
incontinuity reason that Batman can change so quickly. Well, that that was an elective course he had at Nanda Parbat. <laughs> nobody, nobody else, nobody else got it because nobody else got a costume. But he, he he got an elective course from O Sensei in rapid uh, clothes changing. I mean, the boots alone would take like at least a couple of seconds. Like, <laughs> come on. And speaking of Batman, like one of the things I really actually like about this movie is that it makes it clear that like Dragon, Tiger, and Shiva are all better fighters than Batman. And, you know, it's just that he's insanely persistent, like which we see a couple times in the training montages, right? We see Bruce refusing to admit defeat when trying to break a rock. Uh, we see, we watch Bronze Tiger just absolutely whip his ass and him just refusing to go down. And, or well, he goes down, but his refus refusal to stay down. And so I, I like that. And then you also kind of see it with uh, him getting in the suit so quickly. It gives this overtone that there's something like a little crazy or a little supernatural about him being in the costume. And like, even though Dragon, like, I think his first instinct is to kind of like laugh at the costume. He kind of recognizes that. And he kind of, he you know, he kind of is constantly needling Bruce about what's up with the costume. Yeah, this sounds like one of the uh, conversations Bruce Wayne has with Alfred in any origin story, Bob. Like, as a man, I am nothing. But as a bat, I am a symbol, you know, that blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but it's just better because it's, it's telling. It, or it's, it's showing. showing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure there would be a, a higher level of adrenaline running through a man's veins if he was dressed like that to fight. Don't you think? Yeah, probably. Probably. Cu couple that with the fear of the criminals, man. Yeah. You've got a you've got a blueprint to success, Batman. <laughs> there was a uh, I'm trying to I can't remember this. But, oh, uh, the sensei says, "You feel that tenure is more important than my judgment." Uh, yeah, in, in that's when he's awarding us the sword to uh, Shiva, and uh, uh, Cheshire is uh, complaining about the choice. That is a brilliant line. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It just hit me. I had to I had to make sure that was uh, that was stated. Matt, Matt's uh, putting that one in his uh, his book of retorts. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, and the one the one other thing I did want to say about uh, Batman uh, being kind of a worse fighter than Bronze Tiger, Richard Dragon, and Shiva is that I can see some fanboys complaining about it, but I, I think it kind of makes sense too, based like on the old principle that you know uh, Flash should be able to beat Superman in a foot race because like that's Flash's whole deal. If he's not faster than Superman, like, what's the point of the character, you know? Exactly. And, and like, whereas Batman is, like, a versatile character and, you know, can can be do martial arts stories, but can also do horror stories. And Detective, stories. yeah. Yeah, yeah. He can do all of that. But, like, Bronze Tiger, Lady Shiva, and Dragon are designed for martial arts stories. So, on some level, if they're not better fighters than Batman. It's almost like what's, you know, kind of like with the flash, like what's the point of them. And we see some crazy ass fighting in this, Bob Shiva defeating judo master with one finger is awesome. You're not going to see Batman yeah. doing that. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that was very showy and very fun. Right. And especially cause judo master is just such a stupid jobber. It was very nice to see Shiva take him out. Yeah. And she grabbed the inside of his cheek. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> to flip him over it's brilliant yeah yeah and it, it's also great you mentioned this in the notes that like yeah this is subtly kind of a year one story for batman and so 
uh, Shiva is running crime in Gotham, but clearly Batman is very nervous about going up against her. And it tells Dragon at one point, look, I'm working up to it, okay? Yeah, he knows he's going to get his ass kicked. <laughs> he, he, does, he, has to, he has to approach it in a certain way. He's got to approach it to where he can actually take her down. He, he knows he can't. That, that, see, that's, that's good writing. That's good Batman right there. It's like, oh, shit, he's, he's got to come up with a plan. We, we really need to read um, the Denny O'Neill question series together at some point. It's really fun. Um, and in especially in the first um, issue where uh, Lady Shiva just basically fucking kills Vic Sage. <laughs> Damn. Um, it's, it's, it's great. It's well, great. <laughs> one thing about Batman, though, is he is... This Batman is not as showy as the Batman... Batmans, that sounds funny to say. Batmans we've seen in other like, media. His Batmobile, very discreet. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even think about that as being like his kind of discreet Batmobile. So, yeah, I'm kind of dumb. <laughs> yeah, he's got. I mean, he had all the little like gadgets on it, but it was almost like a James Bond car, really, is what it yeah, boiled down to. Yeah. But it was smart. Um, but then, I mean, you you get a car chase scene, which is cool. But the only thing that makes this car chase scene awesome is when Shiva cuts a dude's head off, Bob. Yeah, just flat out cuts his head off. Man. She yeah, it's hard, and they show it. It's <laughs> fucking insane. <laughs> I did want to ask, so right before the car chase, when they when they go to, like, Shiva's little crime lord arena, we see her just absolutely wax some Australian dude. Was it, Could you tell if that was supposed to be anybody? I kind of thought it was, but I couldn't place him. I couldn't tell. I, I tried to think of who it could be, but no, not a clue. Uh, reminded me of a dude from Mortal Kombat, but that uh, doesn't, okay. doesn't, doesn't look like him, so... I think I think rather than like being a DC character, maybe he was just supposed to kind of be like a martial arts movie archetype. Yeah, um, maybe maybe he's some obscure Australian martial artist that I don't in DC that I don't know. We we gotta add in that he was mustached, so yeah, yeah. Like, he's yeah. like that seventies karate mustache kind of guy. Yeah, very much so. You know, you, you know what we're talking about if you see it. Yeah. <laughs> Watch well, this film. <laughs> And even though this uh, film is very much, you know, martial arts and like James Bond first and foremost, it also goes in a little bit of Lovecraftian direction with like the Cobra cult and the Cobra God who waits beyond the Nanda Parbat gate uh, Naga, I believe the Cobra God is. And so that, that was kind of fun, like Judo Master having this kind of like crazed Lovecraft protagonist obsession with Naga was pretty interesting. Okay, this is not the first time I'm going to make a comparison to uh, everyone's favorite G.I. Joe, but <laughs> the creatures who come from the gate look just like Galobulus from the G.I. Joe movie. Galobulus was an ultimate, like, a failure as far as everything yeah. goes. Like, just, just yeah. a dumb character. But they do look like him. And uh, I thought they were way cooler here. But th there's... Yeah. Anytime well, I mean, you bring it's just, in... It's the one-syllable name, man. Naga, much better than Golobulus. Golobulus, yeah. But anytime you bring in uh, DC Cobra with a K, you're going to start comparing it to Cobra from G.I. Joe. And a lot of these things are very... Rem they, they predate G.I. Joe. But I like to point them out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the, I think you're right. I mean, definitely the martial arts characters and... Co the the Cobra character and the yeah. Cobra cult yeah. predate GI Joe, but I you're I think you are right that GI Joe the movie is probably the a big like inspiration in how they portray like the fights with like the Cobra monsters. Yeah. I think you are right about that. Yeah, 
the animation too is slightly similar. I'm not going to say it's like the same, but the animation yeah. is very reminiscent of, the, especially when they put the monsters in. Yeah. I guess the transition from the Lovecraftianism of it to one of the other nice things about having the kind of four main characters of Bronze Tiger, Shiva, Dragon, and Batman is that it allows for a little bit more like humor and camaraderie. So like the scene where you have like everyone digging Bronze Tiger's name is pretty funny. Yeah, stuff like that. Like people just kind of like catching up, making fun of making fun of Batman for wearing a costume, that sort of stuff. Uh, Black Samurai, had they called Bronze Tiger that name, would have been a very, very dumb name. <laughs> would, would have been like the unholy union of the super friends of Black Vulcan God. and Samurai. Black yeah. Samurai. Mm. Although there actually is a pretty fun movie called Black Samurai, just for the record. It's oh, a right. Jim Kelly movie, if I'm remembering may, right. May have to check that out. But, uh, but my first exposure to Bronze Tiger Bob was the DC trading cards we used to have. Yeah, yeah. He they, was in those, wasn't he? Yeah, there was one card, but it was like, I felt like I had 100 copies of it. They recently released a book of Jim Lee's X-Men cards. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they should do the exact same thing with those DC cards. I have no interest well, in the Jim Lee until, cards. Until they do, there is a very cool uh, Twitter account that tweets one of the DC cards a day. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, we follow them on Twitter. Well, they're, they're cool. We'll check out our Twitter to follow them on their Twitter. Um, yeah, yeah, D- DC Cosmic Cards, I believe, is the the, na- the name of both the series and the account. L- let me ask you this, well, though. Why was Bronze Tiger cosplaying Luke Cage? Well, I, I it seemed like a kind of interesting choice they made to... They only wanted to go with, like, one... Well, I guess really two people in costume, right? So you have Cobra in costume, and then you have Batman in costume. And they did... You know, not that... Dragon and Shiva don't usually wear costumes, right? But Bronze Tiger usually does. He has this, this kind of like gold, uh, like leopard print costume. And sometimes he, he wears a tiger mask. Sometimes he doesn't. But they decided to not... To, I think they decided wisely to keep the number of costumes down. And so they wanted to give him something distinctive and... Yeah, I maybe wasn't the best uh, the best thing they could they could have offered him. It's they, it's fine except they have this it's the same color scheme. It's the yellow top, blue jeans. <laughs> like why can't they pick a different color top? Make it red, make it blue. Who cares? Just make it but they had to make it the exact same color. It's like it was a pa- it was like a palette swap. <laughs> Ta- Ta- Tiger really likes the bronze colors. Yeah. What do you want? What do you want from him? What do you want from him? Oh uh, yeah. I guess that's yeah. that could explain some of it maybe. So I will say uh, 2021, 2022 really have been the years of child sacrifice in superhero movies. We got Cobra trying to do it here. We had Christian Bale trying to do it in Thor 4. Yeah, Shiva sums it up nicely saying she threw baby Hitler, bassinet and all, into a volcano. That was that was a fun Shiva line. Yeah. And that, <laughs> that, that's an exact quote from, from this movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, yeah, Shiva's great. So we do get two other henchmen uh, for Cobra, right? So we get uh, Lady Eve, who I'd never heard of, but she's apparently is connected to the Cobra cult and is from the '80s Batman and the Outsiders comic, which I've only read a little of. Okay, yeah, I had no clue who she was, but she looked familiar, and I kept racking my brain trying to figure out who she looked like to me. She. Kind of, this is gonna, this is probably not gonna be in your repertoire, but she looks like mm-hmm. Sheik from uh, Legend of Zelda. Uh, okay, yeah, 
not in my repertoire. I was yeah. my when I was trying to figure out who she was, my first thought was she was a nightshade reference, you know, from the Charlton characters who because uh, her name is like Eve Eden and Juno Master was in the movie. Oh, that that, that gotcha. was totally wrong. Yeah. yeah. I do once again Shiva has a great line, I'll take the girl, her look offends me. <laughs> which it, which it did because it made me sit there for like hours trying to figure out who the hell she reminded me of. She also kind of looks like a cover girl from GI Joe, but I, I mean any blonde kind of looks yeah. like cover girl from yeah. GI Joe. Fair. <laughs> and then the other big uh, henchman we get is uh, King Snake, although I incorrectly refer to him in, in the notes as King Cobra, but uh, instead it's a uh, King Snake who has um, never, as far as I know, been linked to Cobra in the comics but obviously you know you can see the connection king snake cobra blah 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 yeah uh short story there bob gave me an aneurysm because he referred to king snake as king cobra and i had to go back and like figure out what the hell he was talking about <laughs> yeah i mean there yeah it, there was a snake character named king in the movie matt and that would really that took a lot of <laughs> for you to find I'm yeah sure. it, it hurt my head anyway uh but king snake though was the father of bang correct yeah, I I think they I think that's the direction they finally went with it, right? Because at first they were teasing that like yeah, Bane was Batman's half brother, and then I think they said it, you know, they revealed it was King Snake. I I I more remember King Snake from that early '90s comic I had that I think was Chuck Dixon and Tom Lyle, but it was like an early Tim Drake as Robin. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it was them fighting King Snake and the Ghost Dragons. I mean, really, all this guy has going for him is he's got a snake tattoo on his chest. That's about it. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. It's a cool tattoo. And Andy's English, right? So you know, you got the stupid accent and what have you. Yeah, it translates really well to comic books. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh, but but they, I'm gonna shift over here, Bob, to King Cobra. Now, King Cobra predates GI Joe Serpentor, even though they look the exact same. I mean, same. Those are certainly all words you just said, Matt. Yeah, Serpentor looks well, exactly. Well, actually, they're like... not. Serpentor is not a word. <laughs> Serpentor is a name. It is yeah, a name. It is a name of a character that looks just like King Cobra. Like they copied him, like almost exactly. E- even even with the blindfold. Uh, maybe. And I don't he, know, but he, he does have this the Cobra uh, chest tattoo. No, you're confusing King Snake Bob and King Cobra once again. I just said King Cobra predates G.I. Joe Serpentor. King Cobra and Serpentor are the, look the same. Not King Snake. King Snake is just a shirtless dude with a cobra tat with a yeah, cobra tattoo on his chest. I wish uh, just dead silence came across as funnier on a podcast. <laughs> I feel like how I should greet that. This is, I'll tell you, Bob, this is why I had an aneurysm when you put the wrong name down. Because they're two different characters. And then on top of this, you have the copycat characters with Serpentor. King Kingsnake has a cobra tattoo, right? Or is it a Kingsnake tattoo? Oh, King, he has a Kingsnake tattoo. Sorry. See, I, I screwed up there, too. That messed me up. Well, no, no, that, well, I, I think I screwed. Uh, I don't know. I'm confused. The listeners are confused. Let's keep moving. Sorry. Sorry, <laughs> listeners. All right. So... Uh, my my question to you, Matt, was so in the fight with uh, with the German uh, Snake Man when uh, Batman pulls out um, the mace. Was your first thought uh, Bat Shark repellent or Bat Snake repellent? Well, when I originally read the notes, I was watching and reading the notes at the same time, and I saw you wrote the word mace, and I was thinking he was going to pull out like a, a thing to hit somebody with. Ah, uh, yes. I kept looking forward to it, and that didn't happen. Uh, sorry, dog. <laughs> yeah, he's not yeah. Hawkman. 
if he if he used a if he used a mace uh, on uh, that would be in copyright infringement on Hawkman. He can't do that. Yeah, this Batman's kind of weak, Bob. You can't be pulling out that stuff. <laughs> pulling out mace. Come on, who does that? that? That's his. That's his gadget. Well, I don't. I don't think Bronze Tiger was criticizing the use of mace. I think he was criticizing the unimaginative use of mace by not setting it on fire. To be clear, he said, "Pack something with a punch next time." Yeah, yeah, which that that he meant set it on fire. <laughs> I don't know. It made me want to go try that with Mace, but that's probably not. It's probably a bad idea. Not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I will tell you a really good idea, Bob. Though is breaking a sword with a karate chop. That's a good idea. <laughs> for Shiva, Matt, not for you. Yeah, not for Shiva. Damn, Shiva breaks a sword with a karate chop in this film. It is yeah, the coolest yeah. thing. Another good idea is how a dragon distracts uh, King Snake. Uh, so he, you know, King Snake is blind, going off uh, audio input. So Dragon just throws a bunch of pebbles at him to distract him. And it was also kind of a neat uh, little callback to O Sensei's speech to Bruce Wayne about how even if he broke the rock, there would still be pebbles. So I guess if King Snake and Matt Murdock got in a fight, Bob, Matt Murdock would probably kick his ass. I mean, Matt Murdock does have some uh, kind of unfair advantages there. Yeah. Yeah. True. Um, so I, I have to say, I was a little disappointed that the big bad just turned out to be a cobra-ized O-sensei. Maybe that's just because I don't like the O-sensei design. Yeah, I mean, I mean who, else, who else could it have been? I mean... I don't know. That, I, they didn't pay me to write it. It could have <laughs> been, been some other some other martial artist, I guess. I don't did, know. Did you think uh, Judo Master was going to come out of there after getting gobbled up by the uh, snake demons? I, I did, because this was the second time I'd watched this. I thought judo master had a larger role he did not i mean no. i was i wasn't i'm not that i was disappointed in that it was just i vaguely remembered him being more important than he was to the movie yeah i really got the wizard of oz vibes though bob when uh oh sensei comes out he like points out each karate fighter's flaws yeah yeah <laughs> Although, like, and he, you know, he also kind of makes the, you know, Batman's inferiority compared to the other three pretty explicit when he asks uh, what he has that the other three don't have. And, uh, you know, Batman kind of interestingly uh, answers that question of Cobra O-Sensei by uh, throwing his bat cape around his head and breaking his goddamn neck with it. This Batman kills Bob. This film is now shit. Batman doesn't kill. Well... Just so just, I, just, just kidding. That that was awesome. Bat, <laughs> Batman, does, Batman does kill in this movie, but he's only killing like interdimensional snake beings. So I think you can give him a pass on that. You know, life is life, Bob. Nah, dog. It's it's like life is not life when you're an undead. When you're it's the undead body of your master possessed by a cobra demon. Those cobra demons were just going to work and. Mm. Batman puts the cape around a dude's neck, snaps his neck, and you hear the neck crack. Yeah. And it, it is awesome. Although it was also awesome in order to preserve the no-killing rule when uh, O-Sensei rises up with his voice <laughs> neck and keeps fighting. Batman's that like, I, pretty awesome. Yeah, Batman's like, I knew that was going to happen. That's like, like, <laughs> he, he knew the neck break wouldn't kill that guy. That's why he did it. <laughs> So we, we do see um, our four intrepid heroes defeat uh, Cobra O-Sensei and give their master peace. But uh, 
instead of having uh, one of the characters sacrifice themselves to close the gate, uh, we just see all four plunge through the gate to go kick uh, Naga's ass. So uh, did you have it? But we, you know, obviously we don't have any resolution on that. Did you have any uh, thoughts on the kind of open ending? That that's all I could think. All I could think of Bob was Mortal Kombat. It was like they could have made a video, a fighting game right here. You got four good yeah. guys. Give me four bad guys. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Just a lot of, a lot of, a lot of cobra demons that they fight. Yeah. Yeah, they're like trapped. They're trapped in this alternate universe. You know, pick your fighter. It was so cool. It, it was it, it was Mortal Kombat for sure. Uh, and uh, but here's the thing, Bob. This is it. And we'll talk about this a little later, maybe. But. I don't need a fucking sequel. Don't make a sequel for this film. Mm-hmm. I don't need to see these four characters fighting demons. I don't need to see it. I'm satisfied with the ending you gave me, even though it is open-ended. Yeah. I'm satisfied with it. So I, I agree with you that I don't actually want a sequel of them like fighting in the hell dimension with Naga's acolytes. I agree with that. Although, you know, if it, I, I probably wouldn't play it because I don't game, but, you know, a game sequel to that would be fun. Um, but I, you know, I don't think they'll do it. But I wouldn't mind, like, seeing, you know, quote, further adventures in this world, you know? Oh, yeah. Further adventures in this world, yes, would be pretty cool. But they got to, I mean, the setting in the 70s, maybe with a couple of other heroes, would be pretty, a good idea. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that to me is something I kind of hope the DC movies could kind of move to is, yeah, you could have like a kind of like 70 style, you know, continuity. You could have like a 60 style one, a, you know, a 90 style, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. That would be, that'd be a really good idea. But I, I don't know. Like, I don't know how popular this film actually was, Bob, because honestly it, it was. Well, and I, I'm sure, I'm sure you're right, but I do want to point out that like, what the fuck is DC and like Warner and Discovery's like marketing programs with these? Like they make them, they don't show up on fucking HBO Max for months. Like this, like months. I like, I've been waiting for this movie for, for like literally like two years. It came out in 2021, but it, I don't think it came out on HBO Max until a, what, like three or four months ago. And it's just like, what, like, they don't release them to theaters. Like, are they just tr- counting on people, like, paying 12 bucks to rent it new or something? Probably off Prime. But, like, who, like, how would people even know? Like, there's no ad campaign for it. Well, it also bothered me, too, that when I wanted to watch this film, I had to go and search, I searched Batman. And, and there's so much Batman stuff. I went down, like, there's so much Batman stuff ahead of it. And then there's, like, Lego Batman. And then there's random superhero films that aren't Batman. And then there's this. And I was like, really? Like, this is... It, 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 at first, I was like, oh, shit. This is one. This is so bad. Like, they don't even have it, like, high up in the in the, in the meta tag or whatever. But no, yeah. like, it's like... <laughs> it's really good. It's just, I guess not a lot of people watched it. So it's not, you know, further up. But yeah, and it just, I think this kind of extends to the the whole DC like animated movie line, although I think this is a particularly egregious example, but I just like I don't understand what the business model for it is. Like I get it like when it started cuz they they were straight to DVD movies and you know, like you could prominently see them in Best Buy back in the day. Like that's that was the deal with like New Frontier and All-Star Superman, you know. Right. But like I I just don't even know. Like I mean, I'm glad they still make these things cuz you know, God knows uh, DC has always been better at animation than they have at uh, live action. Um, 
but I just, I don't get it. Like they don't, they, it just seems like they set these things up for failure. I mean, I, I have the same complaints about young justice. Like young justice is apparently like one of the most streamed things on HBO max, but like, it's never in, it's never like in the advertising spots, you know, it's never high up. Like, I don't, I like, why would you put all, all, all the money into the animating these things and then just let it sit in the bowels of your algorithm? Sometimes I wonder though, if their approach is that they don't want to make, they associate, they still associate animation with children and they mm -hmm. don't want HBO to be like a children's platform. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's some truth to that that you're probably right about, but I also think there are other cartoons that they do that they don't even necessarily own that they do give a little bit more spotlight treatment to on the app, you know? Yeah. I need to keep an eye out for that because that, that makes me wonder. Cause I, I can understand their business model from that perspective because, yeah, a lot of people still think, okay, like this film is not meant for children, obviously. Yeah. You know, there's a ton of stuff on their platform that's not meant for children, but because people just associate and incorrectly associate animation with children, just <laughs> that that could be their reasoning. They want to just make sure they're pumping out the adult content. It's like you yeah. might see boobies. <laughs> you might see... <laughs> oh man. Yeah, uh, it, it it is a little depressing. It is a little yeah. depressing. So, did you have a favorite visual for this movie, Matt? I mean, the whole film is like stylistically a love letter to the 70s and like old school kung fu films. Just some beautiful fight scenes. Just a great job overall with the animation. Yeah, yeah. And I, I kind of already shouted this out, but I think I would just give it to the fashion. I mean, maybe bronzed, maybe bronze Tiger's outfit, <laughs> except yes. a little bit. Um, yeah, but great. It was great stuff. How about your uh, favorite uh, sound or music choice? Um, I'm going to give it to that opening Bond theme we had at the very beginning of the uh, movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I would either give it to the crack of O-Sensei's neck, or I would give it to um, the kind of main funky 70s theme. That, is, that I think they played it before, but it also played over the end credits. That that was really fun. Yeah, the, the slightly porno-themed uh, music. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it, it did slightly sound like a porno soundtrack. Yeah. So since there was so much good violence, Matt, what was your favorite violence? Well, there was uh, everything I've mentioned up to this point has all been great violence. This is also just, they're all on the same level. But this one, just I want to add, when Cobra Sensei hits Dragon the first time in front of the gate, like, and you think he's killed Richard Dragon, I, mm -hmm. I literally went fuck, like out loud. Because I, yeah. I thought he was dead. Yeah, it had a real visceral quality to it. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite was in Shiva's, like, uh, fight fighting arena. Uh, when the green ninjas come in, her her fighting against them was just really poetic. It was really nice, really well done. Although in a weird contrast, like Dragon and Wayne versus the same green ninjas uh, really looked pretty bad, actually, which I think was like sort of to make the point that Shiva's better at this than they are. <laughs> but it, I don't know. It was still kind of weird. It, it, it felt like a little bit of an animation failure. But man, that Shiva versus the green ninjas was great. Yeah, that was awesome. Any regrets, Matt? Uh, okay, this is the only scene in this whole film that I thought was really, really poorly done. I don't understand. Uh -huh. There's a scene where Batman puts throws battering bombs or something on Sensei's back. Yeah, I, I didn't understand that. But they didn't fit the time period, and they like they looked like they came out of uh, like Justice League Unlimited or something. I didn't know what they were there for, and they like blew up, but then there was just smoke. They didn't do anything. Fair. 
fair. It was yeah. it was an awkward scene, and I'll, I'm just yeah. So I'm just gonna say that's my only little regret. There is they probably should have just taken that whole part out and just had him yeah kick him in the just back or something. Little, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> keep keep it a little more, keep it more strictly to the fights. Right. Um. I mean, maybe that was like a network executive note of like, oh, you gotta you, you gotta show him use a battering or something. Batman's gotta have a battering. You can't have Batman without a battering. Put it in there. Uh, my my regret is I did feel like the film was totally wasted Cheshire. I mean, thankfully, if you go to patreon.com slash uncanny tracks and listen to X-Men 92 versus Young Justice, you can hear us talk a lot about good Cheshire usage in Young Justice, but she was just totally wasted here and gets murdered by that chump judo master. You can hear me call her Cheshire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So who was your uh, favorite uh, major character in this movie, Matt? Uh, hands down, Shiva. Just the best representation of her I've seen up to this point. Yeah, yeah, no arguments here, no arguments here. How about your favorite minor character? Uh, it was kind of cool to see uh, Silver St. Cloud at that one point. That was kind of neat. Yeah, that was cool. I'll give it to the Lady Eva, or the Lady Eve. She was she was a new one on me. I think it's the Lady Eve, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'll give it to the Lady Eve. Uh, who was your least favorite character? Uh, Judo Master. He's just not what I expected. I mean, because of, because of what he did in Peacemaker... So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think you definitely have to give, uh, even though I didn't remember it, you do have to give it to Peacemaker Judo Master as being a, uh, a much more memorable version of Judo Master. <laughs> Although I think I had a tweet that no one liked, which I think shows the lack of uh, audience for this movie, sadly. <laughs> but I, I had a tweet, I had a tweet that I was pretty proud of that was like, between the Peacemaker show and Batman Soul of the Dragon, 2021 is the Judo Master renaissance. <laughs> Yeah, he's making a comeback. <laughs> making a comeback, guys. Oh man! So, uh, given that my uh, I have a I have a disease, I have a fever, and the only prescription is ranking things. Um, I thought uh, I thought we could uh, rank the Batman oh, animated God. movies. All right, Bob. Yeah, I, I I was not looking forward to this. Okay, here we go. So, <laughs> if I had to give a uh, give my, the the best the best animated Batman movie, Bob is always going to be Mask of the Phantasm. Everybody yeah. says it. Everybody knows it. Just go ahead and put that number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. After that, I'm going to go with Sub-Zero, just like you did in your list. Because Sub-Zero right. is, is a fantastic tale of Mr. Freeze. Okay. A, a, tale, okay. Is, a tale as old as time. All right. Then I'm going to go with this film, Soul of the Dragon. Oh, interesting, interesting. Okay, yeah. you like it? You like this better than Return of the Joker? That was going to be yes. the big question. Yeah, I'm going to go next. I'm going to go Under the Red Hood. Ooh, ooh, really putting Under the Red Hood up there above Return of the Joker, even. Yeah. Uh, then I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with Year One. Year One was not good, Matt. Come on. <laughs> then I'm going to go with uh, The Dark Knight Returns. Which you don't have on this list, so you probably didn't watch it. Because I've never seen it. <sighs> All right, then I'm gonna go with. Uh, is that is that is that both parts, Matt, or just 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 put just 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 do one part? <laughs> I don't want to have to split that up. Jesus Christ! I don't have time for that. Uh, uh, then I'm gonna go with Return of the Joker. Damn, son. Yeah. Then I'm gonna go with Gotham by Gaslight. That was like surprisingly good, right? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't great or anything, but it was like... Yeah, yeah, like, not amazing, not worth us even talking about, but still surprisingly good. We'll do the uh, the Gotham Knight anthology after that. Yeah, yeah, if people don't remember, that's the uh, the series of short films that are nominally set in the Nolan-verse. 
Okay. Miss Mystery of the Batwoman would be next. Oh, not a fan of Mystery of the Batwoman. Not a fan of that film. And then I'm gonna do Batman versus Harley Quinn. Okay, so you you watch that too and agree that it's oh uh, it was just, terrible yeah, well and I, that might be the last bit of the DC uh, the DCAU or DCUA continuity man and DCAU. that's that's what makes it a hundred times worse yeah yeah <laughs> it's like bad bad enough on its own but man uh, stick Batman versus Dracula after Gotham Knight but before Batwoman. Did you watch any of that? So that's from the Batman uh, series, right? Yeah, I did. I, I watched a good bit of that, but not. What What's your feelings on that? I was debating about maybe trying it after I finished Brave and the Bold, which I'm sure is months away. I don't care for the art style as much. Yeah, that that was kind of my thinking when I was watching Batman versus Dracula. Don't care for the art style as much, but it really gets kind of. It gets really cool towards the last season because they bring in all of these like Justice League and everything. They only tried, they almost tried to make their own continuity. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have been curious to see some of that. I I appreciate that they had to go in a different direction with the villains, but like from what I've seen of the direction they go, I don't like it. But but I mean, you're coming right after the kind of iconic Batman the animated series. You got to do some things differently. I get that. So you've heard my rankings, Bob. Let's hear your rankings. Okay, so I, I've got my rankings, and then I've got something I'm reconsidering. So I rank it Mask of the Phantasm, Sub-Zero, Return of the Joker, Soul of the Dragon, Mystery of the Batwoman, Under the Red Hood, which I will say uh, I have to compliment you for making me watch that because I assumed it would suck. And it's not amazing, but it's, it's pretty solid, and it's much better, than the, uh, much better than the comic Under the Red Hood for sure. Uh, then Gotham by Gaslight then Batman versus Dracula, then the Gotham Knight anthology, then year one, then Batman versus Harley Quinn. Okay. And so the thing I'm reconsidering is I was arguing with Noah about this every beer Saturday night, and he he doesn't actually like Sub-Zero very much, or at least he thinks it's fine, but he thinks it's basically just a glorified two-parter, you know? Yeah. Um, and he would put Soul of the Dragon number two after Phantasm, um, I don't. I, I think I still like Sub Zero better than Rich Soul of the Dragon, but given that both you and he put Soul of the Dragon over Return of the Joker, you are making me reconsider that. Yeah, Sub Zero. I, I agree with him saying that it could have been just a two porter, but that's what that's so good. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I, I, I and my my defense of it was in all of the even though like all of the, the Batman, the animated series movies, um, except for Mask of the Phantasm, are basically just glorified two-parters. They, the higher production values of the movies of Sub-Zero, Return of the Joker, and Mystery of the Batwoman, I really like. Like, they're very, they're very, granted it's diminishing returns, like Return of the Joker is cheaper than Sub-Zero, and Mystery of the Batwoman is cheaper than Return of the Joker. But I still like the, I still like the budget, and I think they're still very pretty. So, that's why, I'm, that's one of the reasons I'm so fondly inclined to them. The, one of the only reasons I put Return of the Joker lower than you is because, I just could not get into that film and there were too many damn versions and maybe I just watched the shitty version the first time around. Maybe I watched like an edited version. Yeah. I don't know, but I, I just never could really, it never really caught with me. It's not bad by any means. Yeah, it's, it's a good yeah. film. It's just, 
not up there with some of these other things. And I, I don't think this is as true for you, but I think one of the things for Noah holding him back is he's not a big Batman Beyond guy. Yeah, and I've read all I've read all the comics, like a or not all of them, but a good a good a good chunk of the Batman Beyond comics, and they're way better than the show. Oh, and uh, are these the animated style ones, or are these the ones with that kind of like realistic art? I think the ones with the realistic art. Although I've read some of them based I, on so the comics, I, I struggle with those, man. Just because visually, like, I, I I mean, I'm sure they're good, and I should probably give them a chance. But like, just visually, that Batman Beyond suit, like. <laughs> to me, it needs to be drawn in the Bruce Tim style, you know. Yeah, it's drawn like in a realistic style. That I, I find that kind of rough. Yeah. It's kind of cool. You you haven't played enough video games where that's your like your alternate attire, Bob. Then you get used to uh, it. To, to, to just get inoculated. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Did you did you have a did you have another point about the Batman movie rankings, Matt? Not really. No, other than the all the, oh, the Batwoman film, I've ranked way lower than you because I just I did not like that film. I thought it was lame. Because <laughs> it's weak. It has its weaknesses, but I still like it. It's so there's I have, like, it's so immemorable. But there's nothing like I just don't have any. De- definitely some weaknesses. Definitely some weaknesses. But I will agree. You mentioned Batman versus Harley Quinn. That is just a suck fest. That's a terrible film. Yeah, I mean it's 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 emblematic of all that's bad about the DCU animated original movie line. Just like it's adult, but in a stupid way, and it's just kind of lazy and cheap and short. You know. Right. Yeah, yeah. All right. Speaking of the DCU animated original movie line, I also wanted to rank the ones of these we've seen. So this this is not all DC animated movies. These are just the ones they've been putting out over the last fifteen years under that line. Okay. So, uh, do you want me to go first on this, or do you have rankings for this? I haven't watched all of these, so I'm gonna let you just go share your list, and maybe I'll just pipe in. Okay, okay. So my favorite was uh, Justice League versus the Fatal Five, which is also in the like the DC animated universe continuity, right? And came out right before Batman versus Harley Quinn. And honestly, not it's not really designed to be an end to that continuity, but it would be a much better end to that continuity than Batman versus Harley Quinn, you know? Right. And so I really love that movie. I think it's great. It has the Legion in it, and you know, I'm, yeah, I'm a big Legion stan. Um, I'd go Soul of the Dragon number two. Um, there was a Justice League Elseworlds called Gods and Monsters that I was just really surprised by how much I liked. Uh, I'm alone on this, I guess, because like Noah does not care for it at all. <laughs> but I, uh, I, I really liked uh, Gods and Monsters. I put it number three. Uh, I put Under the Red Hood at four, and I put All Star Superman at five. And my thought process here was that Under the Red Hood made a bad comic pretty good. Whereas All Star Superman made an amazing comic pretty mediocre. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I was not as imp- I was not as impressed with the All Star Superman film. Like I think. They oh yeah, play. me neither. Me neither. It's 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 just bog standard, you know. Yeah, they were safe with it, which is what yeah, happens with yeah. a lot of these. Like yeah. Well, and it's also I mean you just kind of run into a lot of these, especially the ones that are more straight adaptations. Is that like they're only seventy five minute movies, and so they can't fully capture like the series and so they're just kind of like a greatest hits version of the series you know right uh i'd go gotham by gaslight after that gotham night after that um new and this is where i really start hating stuff i hated the new frontier movie i hated (laughs) it Uh, i don't like the comic very much either but i really hated the movie um i uh really did not care for the year one adaptation i thought it was very poorly done uh i hated batman versus harley quinn and 
the absolute worst one I've seen was Justice League Dark. I uh, and I, I say that as somebody who really loves DC supernatural stuff. I Justice League Dark was just abominable. It must be terrible. Yeah, it must be terrible because you love all that stuff. Like that's always yeah. one of your your hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah, the the only film I'm not seeing here, Bob. I, you you don't have Hush. I didn't see Hush, Doug. You didn't see Hush. Well, I'm telling you, Hush. if you watched Hush, you would probably put it right after Under the Red Hood. In the sense that it like makes a terrible comment kind of okay. Yeah, I think you should. Okay. I think you should totally watch it. All right, maybe I'll watch Goddamn Hush. <laughs> All right, so we kind of already covered the issue of a sequel. Um, I did want to ask you kind of what your thoughts on the other new or upcoming DC animated movies are. Um, so we have a Catwoman movie in the Young Justice continuity. And we'll eventually cover that when we get to it on X-Men 92 versus Young Justice, patreon.com slash uncanny tracks. And then uh, there's a Green Lantern movie starring Jon Stewart that I think is out, but it's not on HBO Max yet. But, I mean, when that lands, I assume you'd be down to watch that. Oh, of course, yeah. Thank, yeah. thank God it's Jon Stewart. That's, that's... Thank God. Thank God. Yeah, no, if it were Hal Jordan or Kyle Rayner, I wouldn't ask you to watch it. <laughs> um. And then we're supposed to get a standalone uh, Super Sons movie later this year, which I, I would also be down to watch that. That'll be interesting because it's a lot of like continuity right there that they've never covered in the animated series before. Yeah, as I understand <laughs> it, because they, they have two different like ongoing continuities with the movies. And as I understand it, it's not going like one is wrapped up and they're doing the new one now. Yeah. And, but my understanding is the Super Sons is not going to be in either. Oh, wow. That'll confuse the hell out of everybody. Okay. Well, I mean, that's always been kind of the issue with these DC animated ones is you have like multiple continuities in them, you know? Yeah. And then there's another Elseworlds Batman, which is the Lovecraftian one, Doom that came to Gotham, which, you know, I'll give a watch. Hmm. I haven't heard of that one yet, but that does sound pretty cool. And then Doom next... That, Doom yeah. that came to Gotham is the name. Yeah, it's the one Mignola um, wrote and I think did the cover for, but didn't do the interior art for. I can't okay. remember who did the interior art. And then in 2023, in theory, we're supposed to get a Legion of Superheroes movie and a Milestone Universe film that's like supposed to have like Icon and Static and Blood Syndicate in it. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of, with the changes at HBO Max that are coming and like Discovery like merging with Warner's I'm kind of pessimistic that we'll get either of those. I really want to see both of them. I really I really love Legion and I really love Milestone, but I'm kind of afraid that neither of those is going to come to pass. Yeah, everything's kind of on a on the chopping block at this point. So yeah, I, I think we're probably safe for the Super Sons and the Doom that came to Gotham, you know. Right. But I mean, I don't know. Bit, yeah. I don't know, Bob, though, because they canceled a whole damn movie that was already done. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although, I mean, part of, part of that, though, was that they were still going to have to spend a lot of money on post-production and they got a huge tax break for canceling it. Right. True. Yeah. Which I, I don't think the same. I don't I don't necessarily think the same economic incentives would apply to do yeah. that came to Gotham or, right, uh, to or Super Sons. Yeah. Not not to the animated pieces. Bob, why don't we close out with some martial arts movies that we've uh, we, we would suggest? Yeah, yeah. What's what, what's your what's your big recommendation, Matt? I'm suggesting Jackie Chan's Drunken Master, the original, not the remake, oh, yeah, the original. Brother. Hell Fan yeah, fantastic film. 
Um, I'll go with uh, Five Deadly Fucking Venoms. Actually, just Five Deadly Venoms. Uh, It it came out in the late 70s. It's a Shaw Brothers uh, film with a masked martial artist, all fighting in different styles based on venomous creatures. And it's also, I I always call it kind of like the Shaw Brothers do the shield because it's kind of about crooked cops. (laughs) And I I really love Five Deadly Venoms. It's one of my favorite uh, Shaw Brothers movies. So I'll, I'll recommend that. All right, and just to close out, uh, I did notice, which I didn't notice the first time I saw this, that the final title card of the movie, uh, donate, uh, not donated, not dedicated uh, the <laughs> film to Denny O'Neill, uh, uh, who died in 2020, uh, and that surprised and choked me up a little bit because he created most of these characters, right? Um, and yeah, R.I.P. Denny. Yeah. All right then. All right. Well, this has been a bonus episode of uh, Uncanny Treks covering Batman, Soul of the Dragon. Check us out on Patreon. Check us out doing the two great 90s space station shows, Babylon 5 versus Star Trek DS9. I am Bob in Cascadia. That's Matt in the Southland. Have a great night, everybody. Thanks for listening.